Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Craig F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. (laughs) Today's date is December 5th, 2023 and this is the uh, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Um, uh, Today we're going to be reading from the big book. And we're on page XVIII, and we're on the second paragraph that starts, We, uh, our society then entered an exciting and fearsome adolescent period. We're going to read one paragraph today. Today's readers are, for the steps, Julie P., for the traditions, Chris G., uh, our readers of the text are Lulu L., Darlene H. and Crystal R., the newcomer greeters, Betsy P., and the host of the second hour is going to be Barbara P. The reference number for yesterday, December 5th, is, the reference numbers are, for the 7 a.m. meeting, 20,902, and for the 10 o'clock meeting, is 20,903. Uh, Overridges Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees from members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I'll now ask Julie P. to read the 12 steps of OA. Julie? Good morning, everyone. My name is Julie P. I am the real deal, a compulsive overeater in northern Minnesota. Here's the 12 steps we took. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I'll pass. Okay, thank you for your service. Next, I'm going to ask uh, Chris G. to read the 12 traditions. Chris? Good morning. Thank you. This is Chris G., and I am in Tennessee, and I am a compulsive overeater. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. <clears throat> Number six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige uh, divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me read. Okay, Chris, thank you so much for your service. Um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Today we resume our study of the big book on page XVIII, the second paragraph, which starts our society, then entered an exciting and fearsome adolescent period. I'm now going to ask Lulu L. to begin reading. Lulu? Yes, good morning, family. Can I be heard? Yes, you can be heard. Of course I can be heard. Thank you, Craig. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for your service. My name is Lulu L. You can find me in Florida, uh, Eastern Time. And I am such a gratefully and joyfully recovered compulsive overeater for today. Our society then entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. The test that it faced was this. Could these large numbers of erstwhile erratic alcoholics successfully meet and work together? Would there be quarrels over membership, leadership, and money? Would there be strivings for power and prestige? Would there be chisms which would split AA apart? Soon AA was beset by these very problems on every side and in every group. But out of this frightening and at first disrupting experience, the conviction grew that AAs had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. That's an awful lot of questions to be answered in that paragraph. And from there sprung the traditions. But having sat, and many of you may have also, in a multitude of different business meetings, (laughs) all these things do come up. Luckily, we now have ways to resolve it. But it could be things like, Don't let people in after the meeting started. You know, don't let latecomers come in. Or don't allow people to use their phones during a meeting. Or, I mean, any don't allow people to get up and go use the restroom. I mean, there have been extraordinarily strict and ridiculous conversations around business meetings. And so I have had the joy? I don't know whether that's the right word, but I have certainly been able to witness how things have been resolved. And we all, whether we're drug users, alcohol users, food users, especially food users, I think, have a lot to say, but we all want to get well. And so the arguments, you know, are generally settled. I was the GSR, the general service rep, and another sister program. And I would, you know, go to the regional meetings that covered all the districts in the area. They would last all day long. Luckily, you know, it was um, a very formal occasion and people behaved. (laughs) But we argued over changing a word. For hours, there was arguments over changing a single word. But at the end of the meeting, we all came together and we all held hands and we all agreed to disagree and leave it just the way it was. I'm so glad to, it's just so obvious that we either hang together and work it out and get past the disruptions and the arguments and pull together because we truly cannot do this ourselves. We just absolutely cannot do this as islands. We have to be together and hold each other up and hold each other's hands and love each other through this recovery process and the recovery 
at least for me, is for my life. One day at a time, but it's for my life. And I need you. I need you guys to help me. And I just wanted to touch real quickly on that very first sentence. Our society then entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period because that's where I feel like I am. I don't even know if I'm an adolescent yet. I may still be in the incubator. And it is fearsome, but it's also exciting because each day brings me new revelations about my God who holds me and by his grace I recover one day at a time. So I want to just you that I'm able to be of service today. Um, what a, what an honor and what a privilege. And I will pass. Thank you, Lulu. All right. So we're going to uh, take names now for uh, for sharing. So if you've shared on any meeting, uh, any OA meeting in the last uh, two days, that would be Friday or Monday, I uh, would ask you to hold back. There's uh, probably 400 yep. or so people on here. And uh, hold back and let somebody else have a chance. So, who'd like to share? Hey, Jen, 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 Nancy P, Bonnie B, Katie, I think, uh, Melissa, and Jen A. Uh, Who, E.M.? Did you get Nancy P? I was first. Yes, I got you, Nancy. First. Reva P? Who was was E.M.? Or was it just M.? Janice PM. Oh, Janice. Oh, okay. Janice PM is not EM. Yeah. All right, Reva P. Who else? Claire, Claire E from the UK. Claire. All right. UK. All right. Anybody else? Am I missing? All right. Here's who I have. I have Nancy P. Bonnie B. Uh, Katie, I think, then Melissa, then Jen A, then Janice PM, then Reva P, and Claire E. So let's uh, let's get started. Uh, Nancy, you can take us away. Hi, good morning, uh, Craig. Thank you, and good morning, everybody. Uh-huh. Nancy P, recovered in Western Massachusetts. Thank you for letting me share, and I apologize for saying I was first. I was first. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not usually like that. Anyways. Um, I love this paragraph. I mean, I remember when OA first jumped from L.A. to Massachusetts, um, and there was no meetings, there was no nobody, nothing. And um, um, Bernice S. put an ad in the local paper in Framingham, Massachusetts, and my mother actually answered in 1966. And and she changed dramatically, you know, sort of instantly. And then, so they had this meeting, and then... um, my sister wrote a, a pad of paper. They didn't, you know, 
quick print didn't exist back then. So she wrote on 50 pieces of paper, have you, can you stop eating or something like that? And, and the information, and she put it up at the local grocery store. She hand wrote every single page. And then one day my mother said, oh, there's going to be another meeting in this town. And I, and I, and I was six. <laughs> and I said, I said to myself that, that they can't have another meeting. It's only for us. So I was already like this raging, not even, I was pre-adolescent. And I stayed that way for the next 50 years. Um, I joined OA in 1971, and, you know, I was angry, resentful, and jealous, and obnoxious for that entire time. Even when I wasn't eating, even when my body was the right, time, right size, everything was obnoxious. And then I, then, then I, and I would hide behind my self-righteousness, and I'd say, you know, if in OA, um, if they, you know, anybody that wants to make a change of any sort, that um, has to go through group conscience for a month, then they have to vote on it for three months and then maybe they'll do it. You know, like it's really petty and awful. And I went on and on like that and, you know, verbally with friends, you know, and mentally I just sat there like that for me in meetings for decades. And, um, and then, you know, my life imploded and I had to make a decision right now. You know, what's it going to be? I mean, it's not about God, but, you know, it says, what, you know, God is everything or he's nothing. What's that choice to be? I didn't really have a decision. I was like, do you want to live like this for the rest of your life or not? And, you know, and I decided to develop, as, you know, my mother used to say, develop a stronger back and stand up and be a grown-up. And that was really um, painful to just stand up from my slouched, awful position, you know, hung, hung, hanging over, ducking, not, not avoiding people and everything. But when I straightened up, um, I got better. And um, not only did I get better, I, I actually got better pretty fast. Um, every day used to be like a mountain that I had to climb or a desert that I had to cross. And, and I couldn't do it. I could not do it. And, um, and then one thing and one thing only. I usually end with this surrender, surrender, surrender. But I'm telling you, anybody who's in the food, anybody who's angry and resentful, I swear it on my daughter's life. I swear it on your daughter's life. Your life will change. It will be unrecognizable in just a few months, a few weeks even sometimes. You know, do what they say, do what they say, do what they say, do what the book says. You cannot know what's in store for you. Every day is filled with joy and light and buoyancy. Every day, every breath I take, even when my life sucks, which it often does because nobody cares what I say and nobody cares, that's what, nobody cares what I think and nobody does what I say. But nobody. But, but yet here I am as joyful as ever, and I'm more on fire today than I was the day I put the food down six years and three days ago. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. Good share. Next up, we have uh, Bonnie B. Bonnie? Follow, and that will be followed by Katie and then Melissa. Bonnie? Good, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, friends. Good morning, Craig, and thank you, everyone else, for doing service today. Bonnie B., gratefully recovered by the grace of God in the state of Florida. I don't think there's a paragraph in this book that I don't get excited about. Um, that wasn't always the case, but this is definitely where I'm at right now. You know, our society, our society then entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. I could put my name there. I entered a fearsome and an exciting adolescent period. We've had, um, most of you know, we have a large family, and we've had many kids go through adolescence. Um, I went through adolescence. I don't remember it all that well. What I do know is that, um, you know, that period tends to be incredibly me, um, a lot of fear, a lot of trying to fit in, 
and a lot of ego. And so the question becomes, are we going to make it through that period? We have to go through that period. Could, could these large numbers of erstwhile, I looked that word up, that means former erratic alcoholics successfully meet and work together. Could we former <laughs> compulsive overeaters only, only if I'm able to live in one of the principles, which is principles of a personality. I mean, there, I, don't, I don't necessarily like jive with everyone, and I'm sure not everyone necessarily gets me, and that's okay, because it's not about that. What it comes down to is, am I going to live or die? And in this program, if we don't hang together, I'm going to die, because my program is a program of isolation. It wants me isolated. If it isolates me, I'm, I'm going to die. And it will do that. My disease speaks to me in my own mind. And it will tell me all sorts of things. But you know what? At the end of the day, they don't matter. I just need to grow up. I have said to um, many people, for a long time in my life, I lived in, you know, when I pull out that resentment form, I do my 10 steps. I lived in column one, two, and three. I could tell you what the resentment was. I could tell you what the cause was and give you all the backdrop. And I had good reason for the cause. And I could tell you what it affected. But until I figured out how to go from one, two, and three in under 10 seconds to column four, I did not grow up. When I went from column one, two, and three to column four, I went from a two-year-old in a 62-year-old body throwing a temper tantrum to a 62-year-old woman figuring out it's not about them. It's never been about them. It's always about me. And I disconnected once again from my higher power, which I call God. And I'm back in my ego. And my ego, my ego equals disease. And my disease for me will kill me. And so this is, this is beautiful because we're forced to work together. And yet the greatest gift is we get to grow up. How amazing is that? And so um, I will pass with that. And thanks again for letting me share blessings to all. Hey, Craig, sounds like you're muted. Are you there? Oh, hi, Katie. Go ahead. Yeah, I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. One day at a time, right? Hey, uh, I'm going to mm. go ahead if that's okay, Craig. Would that be all right? Yes, go ahead. Cool. Hey, everyone. Katie G. Recovered in Boston. Thanks so much for allowing me the privilege of sharing today. I am a compulsive eater recovered today. You know, um, what this made me think about is God, right? So we have to unify our fellowship, capital F, or pass off the scene, right? We had to stay together or die alone. And, and, you know, when I see the capitals, I consider God. So for me, I've learned that the opposite of addiction is connection, right? And so as we all know, there are lots of schisms in OA. There's OA 90 Day, Vision for You, How Gray Sheet. See how primary purpose, big book, step study, right? And, and we're all allowed. We're allowed to be autonomous in our meetings. We're allowed to have requirements um, within the meeting. Um, OA World Service has given, uh, you guys know more than I do, but like that's my understanding. So how am I as a member of Overeaters Anonymous, right? It's the opposite of addiction is connection. And let's say I'm a member of OA How. Do I stand in the room and say that people who are not members of OA How are not good enough? Do I judge them? Do I stand in the rooms of our Vision for You meeting and say that this is the only way to do it? 
I can't, right? Like, because we have to unify together or die alone. And I'm just going to share, like, my, when I came into the rooms, I was a member of 90 Day. And I thought that anyone who ate differently than me didn't deserve to be in OA. And the thing is, what, what life has taught me is I don't know what's best for myself and I don't know what's best for other people. So how am I unifying, not just within myself, because that's critical, right? Like I can't be helping others. I can't be unified. I can't be connected with God if I'm not unified within myself. And how do I do that? I get down to the causes and conditions. Like, first of all, I put down the food, doctor's opinion. We all know the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. I'm not here to define that for you. I'm not here to say, you know, all I'm here is to share my experience. And it's unique. We all have a unique story. Like uh, many of you know, last year I claimed a break in Overeaters Anonymous because I was exercising bulimically. There are many people who didn't think it was a break. It didn't matter, right? Like what? I had to, I lost 17 pounds saying I was recovered, saying I was abstinent. And the thing is, that wasn't recovered, right? Like addictive foods and addictive food behaviors is what they define as OA abstinence. Not This isn't no flour, no sugar anonymous, right? There are addictive food behaviors. But who am I? So I have to get unified within myself. And I've, I've also heard that, um, so the opposite of addiction is connection. I've also heard that I leave re- recovery one judgment at a time. And I can tell you when I was hanging in the rooms, I'll wrap up with this, when I was hanging in the rooms of OA and I was exercising bulimically, let me tell you, I was judging. I was judging everyone. So today, like, was I kind and loving toward all? No, mm-mm, I never am. My, I have a judgment-making machine. But please, God, let me think your thoughts after you and let me be unified, not only within myself, but let me be a good member of Overeaters Anonymous. Let me not be somebody on a, um, on a hilltop speaking down to, you know, the little people. I uh, I just want to be one among many today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Next up, we have Melissa. Melissa is going to be followed by Jan A, then Janice PM. Melissa? Hey, everybody. It's Melissa S. from Nashville. Um, as soon as I heard this being read, it just, it reminded me of a fable that really goes, and I'm just like, I, I learn lessons through stories a lot, but I was going to share it quickly. It's the fable of the porcupine. So there's like the pork, you know, like it was the coldest winter and, and a lot of animals die when they, in the cold. So the porcupines, you know, they got smart and they grouped all together and they were protected and they stayed warm, but they were, um, they were hurt by the by the quills of the people who were closest to them and they got wounded by these close companions. And so they decided to just distance themselves and go off and they began to die alone and frozen. So they had to make this choice, like accept these quills of the companions or die, disappear from the earth. So wisely they did decide to be together. They learned to live with the little wounds caused by their close relationships because the most important part was the heat that came from others and that they were able to survive. So like this moral of the story is to like learn to love the pricks in your life and feels like all these quarrels among us or these business meetings that get so dicey or even fellows that, you know, hurt us maybe. um, I feel like just can drive us into deeper relationship with God and can help us discover what's blocking us. And it just feels like we need one another, you know, in good and bad. And 
live, learning to live with the pricks is kind of like growing in love and tolerance. I'm not tolerating you and your prick. I'm tolerating my own pain of feeling pricks and maybe learning to, um, you know, lessen in myself how hard, how much that hurts. Because if I die to self, like it says in the St. Francis prayer, like I don't have a self to feel a prick. I am fully grounded in my higher power and can love. And we all need that heat to survive. So I just love that fable and wanted to share it today because it feels so true. Thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for the porcupine story. Next up, we have Jen A., then we'll have Janice P.M., and then Reva P. Jen, how are you? Hey, Craig, good morning. Thanks so much mm. for taking the meeting and being of service today. Good to hear your voice. Uh, my name is Jen A. I'm recovered here in Colorado. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy, uh, getting a girl like me a chance to learn to live. And I love what I heard this morning. All the shares have been awesome is grow up. Um, and I heard this paragraph this morning and was like, wow, this takes me back to the symbol of AA. And we talked about that um, quite a few meetings ago when we started. It's not in the book anymore, but it's, it's key. And the word to me here is unify. Unify. Together, hang together or die separately. And I know that's how it works um, because I've tried to do this separately and it doesn't work. But when I came to these meetings and I was all in and I was working the steps, meeting with the sponsor, being of service, that's when I got recovered. You know, I, 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 you, we can't do it alone. It's not a me program. It's a we program. That's what I always say. Turn it upside down and, and you'll have us. So, you know, the side of the, of the symbol is unity. Um, and unity, um, you know, is the group. And, yes, the people are important. The people don't uh, get me sober. They don't keep me sober. Um, they're a part of the process. And when we're not um, all working together and we're divided, it's yucky. Um, and so I know for me that I have to have all three sides of the triangle. Um, that perpetu the perpetuity, that's a big word for me, perpetuity um, is important. So if I have that recovery on the base, I need to be unified with my peeps on the left and have that service on the right. And I need the world of people around me. That's the circle. So, you know, I need this, uh, this part about being together. And my favorite part on page number 46, 46 is to us, the realm of the spirit is broad and roomy. It's all inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It's open, we believe, to all men. And that just goes back and reminds me of this too, is that all-inclusive, never exclusive. I even use this at work. I use it every, you know, uh, in the household. You know, we include everybody in the household. And so I think it's, it's really key and important to remember that, that unity doesn't mean me. It means the group and the we and the better of everybody. So I will say that um, when I started working the traditions, I did the traditions with somebody um, in 12 days, 12 traditions in 12 days. Then I went and studied them in a deeper, on a deeper level. And there's a tradition study starting in January. My name's Jen A.M. in Colorado. I'm on the list. If you want to seek out, seek further, and learn what it means. Like, you're only working half a program, I was told, if you're only working 12 steps. You need to work the traditions, but then the, also the third part is the concepts, which I never even heard about in OA until a couple of years ago. 
So that's my plug. <laughs> and my time is up, Craig. So thanks for letting me share today. Um, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Jen. Good to hear from you. Next up, we have Janice PM, and Janice will be followed by Reva P, and then Claire E from the UK. So, Janice, you're up. Yeah, thank you so much, Craig, and uh, everyone. Good morning. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, Janice PM, from the state of Massachusetts. Wow, I'm going to piggyback on Jen because this is what this uh, paragraph is all about. I don't know about you, but when I was an adolescent, I thought I knew everything. Oh, and I would argue with you and everything. You know how it is. Everybody goes through that growth of development, that stage. And uh, so does it. We're talking about the group here, not the individual, but the individual in a group must be recovered in order to abide by, and we're talking about the growth of the traditions, we we practice the principles in the 12 steps for personal recovery. And then, hopefully, we practice and learn about the traditions that are principles for this group and all the groups. Because, you know, even we got to watch out. Because, you know, even when we're recovered, this one wants to go first, this one wants to go last, this one, you know, we're, we all want to have, we all have the disease of egotism, like was mentioned on Sunday. We all have an ego. We all want to be popular. We all want you to say, oh, isn't he good? Is it? But, you know, this is not this program, and this is not this group. We don't put anybody in this group on a pedestal. Okay, you may say, oh, they do. No, we do it ourselves if we keep saying, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. There's none of that. It shouldn't be anyway. Um, they, so they were just a new society in the 30s, you know. They were just getting recovered. And the, the, the traditions are for recovered uh, members because if you're not recovered, you're not going to abide by these principles. You're going to want to be top dog. You want to be bossy. You want to be uh, the best. You want to say this food plan is what you should have. There's none of that. And, you know, I have real, real experience because I was in a group many years ago, and it was fading and fading. But the recovered women, and I believe men, started a vision for you because they were recovered they knew about unity. They knew about the traditions. And, you know, uh, God does the increase because there's only one authority, and that's our God, our higher power. So we can split. That's what happened in the group that I was in. We split, thank God. And we went towards the principles, towards recovery, you know, not towards prestige, that, oh, yeah, I'm the best. Uh, because schisms do happen, and uh, I experienced that. However, schisms cause pain, and from pain, we grow up and we learn. And that's why the study, I believe, for me, the traditions is so important, not just for the group. It's good for everything, like was mentioned. Uh, that's what it's all about, and there's a test. We have to test ourselves. Are we abiding 
by the unity of the group. We are. That's all we do here is dwell on the recovery, recovery, recovery. That's the purpose. That's the solution. And that's all we're here for. And the group, this particular group, A Vision for You, does that. We're unified on the solution and recovery. That's our focus here. And with that, I pass. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Janice. Next up, we'll have Reva P., followed by Claire E., and then we're going to take some more names. So get ready. Reva, you're up. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. And I relate to this paragraph, um, you know, at the group level and at the individual level. And it's talking about, you know, the development of the groups and this adolescent period when we were underdeveloped and inexperienced, immature, and then how it um, evolved into the formation of the principles and, you know, unity um, being one of the key key principles for the fellowship. Um, and I've witnessed, you know, witnessing how business meetings work and watching elders in this program demonstrate these principles at business meetings and how they're run and how everybody's opinion is included, how decisions are made. Like I was just so appalled <laughs> that it could work that way. Um, and I am so grateful that this is a place where there is um, a lot of diversity. We are people who normally wouldn't mix. And yet these traditions and principles guide us and it works. It works at the group level. And um, I, I just feel so fortunate that this is a safe place where things work like that. And you know, at the, um, at the personal level, like I'm thinking of adolescence, you know, that whole icky period. Um, and it just reminds me that it's when I'm in a lot of pain, as somebody shared, or when I have failures, that's how I grow, how my problems, um, my disturbances bring me back, you know, God willing, to do the work, um, to clear the, the, the blockages to my higher power, and they become my best teachers. And that's how I grow. I was told nobody grows on a good day. You know, when everything's going my way, there's not that tension. Um, and when I have all that um, disturbance, yeah, I am hopefully propelled to go back deeper and deeper into the steps, looking at my, whatever I want to call them, character defects, flaws, um, and, and, and getting closer to God and relying and depending more on God. That's how I grow um, at the individual level. And I see that at our group level as well. So I am so grateful for the powers of example in this program um, at both levels, individual and group, and for the people who pull me along because we do hang together. Um, we need to hang together and, and help me, um, yeah, go deeper and deeper on my ickiest, ickiest days. Um, and with that, I pass. Okay, thanks, Reva. Next up, we have Claire E. all the way from the UK, and uh, then we're going to take some more names. Claire? Thank you so much, Craig. My name's Claire E. I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic in Cornwall in the UK, and um, I've really enjoyed the meeting and the shares. 
Um, and I love the traditions. I was very lucky that um, I went to an AA home group actually for a couple of years where there was a tradition share every week, which was mind blowing, really good stuff. And um, I'm, I'm going to pick up on the word adolescence. I have got three teenage children and I spend my life trying to arbitrate arguments about stuff that is totally not important. You know, about who sits in the front of the car, about who does this, who does that, who puts the, who puts the star on top of the Christmas tree this, this weekend. And, and it's, 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 um, it's amazing how angry and reactive they get about things that really I can see just don't matter. And, and you know, going to my own defects, you know, my, you know in my step six, I'm looking at my, my ego, my, manage, my sort of image management, my self-righteousness. These are all my character defects that I have. And, you know, it's so easy to get into the floor um, about my opinion and how I think things should go. And there's power and prestige. You know, how am I perceived? Am I important? Am I love this sort of Am I one of the gang? Am I this? Am I that? And it just reminds me that, you know, my opinions and my perspective are not facts. You know, they are not facts. There are other people with other perspectives and other opinions. And, um, you know, it's really good for me to step back and just remind myself, I don't know. I didn't know what was good for me. I don't know what's good for anyone else. And I certainly don't know what's good for the fellowship. And I need the fellowship a lot more than the fellowship need me. You know, my life depends upon being a member of this fellowship. And um, yeah, so I, I, I need to remember that one. And um, the, the other thing I just want to say about traditions that I was very much taught and I really believe from my own experience, having been around um, fellowships of various descriptions since I was 18 years old and the meetings face to face on Zoom, is that there is no OA police. There's nobody that's going to come and bang on the door if I don't stick to the traditions. Um, but people who don't stick to the traditions, groups that don't stick to, to, to the traditions, um, just fall apart. They don't, they don't laugh. People stop coming. I was very close to stop going to my face-to-face meeting. Well, I did because of the pandemic, but I was close to going, you know, stopping anyway because I, I, I hated it. There was personalities, there was arguing, and it didn't make me well. And if we don't, you know, if we're not carrying a message, if, if people stop coming to meetings, you know, and I need their recovery and we need newcomers. Um, and, and if a newcomer pitches up and just hears arguing um, or power or prestige or being told to do it a certain way, then there won't be any newcomers because they won't come and they won't stay. I wouldn't have come and I wouldn't have stayed if that had been the case for me. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to share, I just wanted to remind, um, well, I, I was just thinking as I was reading this, there was a, there's a, I think in the OA traditions, there is a story about two home group members with very different programs who sort of were recruiting members on either side. And there was antipathy. And um, and then one day it was just those two in a meeting and they actually got to communicate properly. And, you know, underneath it all, we're all sick people trying to get well. We've all got these defects. And frankly, I think there's many rivers to the ocean and it's a horrible disease. And if you found a way of working it that works for you, then you should absolutely go for that. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll stick with the ways that I found that work for me. And um, that live and let live phrase, it's just it's a great one. Um, and that's all I have to say. And thank you for listening. And I will pass with that. Okay, thank you, Claire. All right, next up, uh, we're going to take another list of names. So who would like to share? I'm going to remind everybody where we're at. We're on page uh, XVIII, the second paragraph, Our Society Then Entered an Exciting and Fearsome Adolescent Period. Who would like to share on that paragraph? Erin Kay. Erin I didn't get in. Erin Kay. Anita J. Anita J. Tina Ron C. 
Yvonne H. Vasa O. Rosalind C. Tina S. Rosalind. I got you, Tina. Rosalind. Uh, I got Rosalind C, right? All right, here's what I have. I have Aaron K, uh, Vanessa D, I think it was, uh, Janice, Tina S, uh, Yvonne S, Vanessa O, and Rosalind, or, yeah, Rosalind C. Who else? Who did I miss? Didn't you say Anita J? Anita yeah, Vanita J. Oh, Anita, A-N-I-T-A. Uh, Anita, there wasn't a Vanita. Anita J. Yeah. All right. All right. If you have okay. time, Jennifer W. Did you hear Janice or Shanna? Uh, I don't. I have a Janice C. Yeah, Shanna C. Oh, Shanna C. Was there a Janice C? All right. Well, let's get going. Um, I got Jennifer W. at the end. So I have Aaron K., uh, uh, Anita J., Shanna C., Tina S., uh, Yvonne S., Vasa O., uh, Rosalind C., and Jennifer W. Okay, uh, Aaron, let's go. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, everybody. This is Aaron K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. yeah, th- this last sentence, AAs had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify or pass off the scene. It's pretty powerful. So, I mean, I just, it struck me, you know, here's a group of people whose selfishness is literally killing them, as book says, and in order to get well and survive as individuals, they had to check their selfishness at the door and put the good of the group before themselves. Um, they had to keep their quills tucked in. Uh, and for a lot of us, this is the first place that we practice this foreign concept of putting others before ourselves. Um, and I really love the saying, which, you know, it strikes me every time I hear it, this is not a self-help program. It's an other's help program. Because it's easy to forget that and think about, you know, what am I getting out of this meeting rather than what am I bringing to this meeting? Um, and it, it also really struck me like, you know, what gives these erratic, selfish addicts the ability to do this? And, you know, it's the capital P power. It's the force for good within and between us. It's God. And, you know, I really first found God in connection with you guys. And I need you guys. Because, you know, this is striking me a lot lately that a solitary self-appraisal is insufficient. You know, it's easy for me to get honest in the pages of my journal, but if I don't out that with another compulsive overeater, not a lot of change happens in my life. And if, and if I don't put myself out there to be of service, I really miss out on a lot of, you know, truly deep joy and the learning that comes with that. So I'm just really grateful 
to all of you for being here and I'll pass. Okay, thank you. Um, I just did the calculations and we're probably not gonna make it through this list. So uh, any help we can get would be great. And they, Anita J, you're up, followed by Shanna and then Tina. Anita? Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you for figuring everything out here. <laughs> the cacophony of voices. Um, Anita Jay in, um, recovered in Massachusetts through the grace of my God. And um, I think about this on two levels. For, you know, the group level, I've been around long enough where uh, the original, the early group meetings, the uh, group business meetings, I couldn't stand it. I never liked um, anger and because we would have the angry people and then we'd have the, anyway, it was just awful. But you know how we've learned in this program, you've got to go through something. You just can't keep avoiding it. And surprisingly, lo and behold, I go to um, one, one, definitely one um, Zoom meeting every week, at same one, and we have a monthly bit monthly business meeting there's no anger there's no anger left and it isn't because they're being passive people have worked it through or they talk it through or we table it for a month to think about it but on the on the individual level you know i came of a i became an adolescent i joined in my when i was in my 40s and i and, and when i was in my 40s um, that's when my two children were adolescents. And I couldn't help but realize, my God, the three of us are going through adolescence together. Because when I was young, uh, my father raised me and he, he kept telling me, uh, you know, people say a father can't raise a daughter. So you've got to be careful. You've got to walk a fine line. Well, you know, adolescence is supposed to be the time to experiment or try or, you know, find out who the heck I am, uh, not walking this little line. And um, so that's what OA did. I was able, you know, it doesn't matter on the outside. Uh, I was a kid on the inside. And then I began taking some chances that should have happened before. And it was just kind of cute. It gave me some tolerance for my two little real, real live adolescents. It's a wonderful program. I just came in to lose weight, not to grow up. But growing up was something that was crystal clear that I needed. And um, that, with that, I... Thank you, and I pass. Okay, thank you. Next up, we have Shanna C., followed by Tina S. Shanna? Good morning. Thank you so much. This is Shanna C., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Uh, so good to be on the line, and thanks for everyone who shared, and yes, 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 on the traditions and, and all of that. Um, thank God that that. You know, this group particularly has adhered to the traditions because you guys were hanging together when I needed you guys. And I showed up desperate and, oh, my God, no idea how to live with this uh, horrible disease, much less. I mean, I mean, it's just un unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you for being the group that carried the message to me. 
Um, with that, I will say too, what really jumps out at me with this paragraph is, is this is how the group is living in steps 10, 11, and 12 as the individual is living in 10, 11, and 12. When it talks about how there would be schisms which would split you know, apart. And it said soon AA was beset by these very problems. Well, if you go back to 84 through 88, it talks about how, you know, <clears throat> it says, uh, you know, we correct any new mistakes as we go along, vigorously commit this way of living, you know, continue to watch for selfishness, resentment, and fear when these crop up. Not if, but when. You know, we ask God to remove them. Okay. So as the individual practices living in 10, 11, and 12, I'm going to. I'm going to be much more suitable to be able to participate within the group, you know, and make those group decisions and things of that nature. And if I keep my, if I do my homework, I'm able to show up at the group and, and be more effective, you know. Um, and then, you know, because why? Because it says we had to hang together or die separately. Well, <clears throat> I have found that these traditions aren't, yes, they, 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 a lot of times, at least for me for a long time, I looked at them as rules. Oh God, the traditions, Oh God, you know, whatever but they're actually very relational in nature. They teach me how to get along with people, which is the purpose, right, of, of working these steps so that I can, oh my God, actually become someone who can form a partnership with another human being through the practice of these 12 steps. It enables me to form a relationship and connection with the God of my understanding who gives me the power to be able to form relationships and connections with the people that I've desired to create and have a relationship with, but just absolutely didn't know how to be in relationship with, didn't know that until this program showed me how incapable I was. <laughs> and then, but yet God can and will when He thought. So thankful for these directions and grateful that that these groups are hanging together so that I have a place where not only I can identify with a problem but also share in the solution and develop friendships that last and and be a part of something much bigger than me because that's what I'm created for. I'm not created for me. I'm created to be a part of something bigger than me and, and work together for a common good. Um, that's, that's what my life has to be about today. Anyway, I, it get, I get to have a life like that today. Anyway, thanks everybody for your service and have a happy, happy, happy Tuesday. Love you all. Okay. Thanks. Next we're going to have Tina ask and Tina, you're, we're down to just a couple of minutes. So you're going to be the last chair probably. So, and you may need to cut it just a little tight. So go ahead, Thanks Tina. So Thanks so much, Craig. Um, Tina S. Mm -hmm. Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Yeah, what a wonderful meeting, wonderful meeting, you know. And I love that it talks about, you know, large numbers of erstwhile erratic alcoholics. Can we successfully meet and work together, you know? And, you know, erstwhile erratic is formerly unpredictable. Well, on a bad day, let me just tell you, I can be unpredictable. You know, and then we're talking about the group here. You know, when I first came in the rooms, I was told that the 12 steps were to prevent me from committing suicide, and the 12 traditions were to prevent me from committing homicide. You know, and I remember going to this meeting where this girl would sit in the back of the room and she would talk about she had a hit list. You know, and today I, I see this woman, and she no longer has a hit list. You know, and it's because, you know, for me, you know, is, is really working the traditions, you know, um, and being a different person in, at a group level, you know. And I certainly can be that person, like I said, on a bad day who can have some shit going on and, and voice that in the meeting, 
but I also, you know, have that little button that says, mm, when I listen to somebody else talk or I see my sponsor at the meeting, I go, oh, wait a minute. You know, let me step back and take care of that myself because it tells us it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And also, you know, am I that one who wants to be part of that unity or do I want to pass off the scene? You know, today I choose to be part of that unity, and I'm really grateful to be a part of this group and that, you know, most days, you know, we abide by traditions on this group, and it's a wonderful thing. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much. That's uh, perfect timing. I'm going to have to apologize to Yvonne, Vasa, Rosalind, and Jennifer. You're going to have to maybe stay and share in the second hour uh, because we're out of time. Um, okay. Uh, thanks to everybody who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's meeting, the meeting that's just ending, is 20,905. And then that's for December 5th, 2023. Um, we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Darlene H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to keep you until then. Darlene? Yes, good morning, everybody. Darlene H., recovered in Columbus, Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thank you. I'm now going to ask everyone to press star 1 to unmute and so we can all say the serenity 